I think he said Whiteman Park is a hoot. Come to EnviroFest 2024. Learn about Whiteman Park's birds and discover ways to improve your sustainability with hands-on workshops and demonstrations. Plus, there'll be market stalls, food trucks and heaps of kids' activities. EnviroFest 2024 at Whiteman Park on March 23 from 10 till 3. You'd be wise to go to whitemanpark.com.au. The Ash, Lutzi and Susie O'Neill podcast. And if I can get you to ID yourself and your media outlet for the clapper and then commence your interview immediately, we're already recording. So I'm going to leave you guys to it. Okay, Mitch Lewis from Nova 106.9 in Brisbane. I love Brisbane. Hey, yeah, you do. Hello, Austin. How you doing, mate? Very good. How are you feeling today? Not too bad. How how are you traveling? Because we've been told that we're actually your last chat for this morning. But I assume you've got a thousand other interviews this afternoon. But do you actually? What does off time look like for you at the moment? Considering how busy this promo tour is, there's not a lot of it. I, I, I either. I mean, right now I'm just going to eat something. And uh, yesterday I took a nap. I had about two hours between. Uh, when I was doing, what are we, 22 after? Oh, I did a talk show and then we had the premiere. Mm. And that nap messed me up. I was, <laughs> I was more jet lagged than I've ever been in my life when we finished that. I imagine I, it's a treat for you these days, just getting any kind of rest oh like that. God, yeah, yeah. But you know, when you wake up from a nap and then you feel worse, I, I just, I was. I never felt like that before. It's not so. worth the risk, right? I mean, I think that, and I, I work breakfast radio, and I'm only working for a couple of hours, and most of my time sitting down. We're, we've got Lockie here as well. He's uh, one of our producers, and uh, he was at the premiere the other night. Uh, both of us saw the film last Wednesday. Uh, Lockie also went to the uh, premiere on the Gold Coast, and uh, we tasked him. He's only been part of the show for a couple of weeks, and we said, mate, knowing we were going to talk to you today, we've got to go for the other big fish. You've got to go for Tom. Nothing mm. less than Tom. Now, Tom didn't talk to anyone, so Lockie failed in his uh, yeah. in, in your mission. I'm actually surprised I'm here today and, and yeah. not let go immediately. Yeah, so. no, no. So we brought you in to sort of make up uh, and, and, and get to chat to, to Austin to, to make up for the lost Tom Hanks. So, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Tom, oh, so you were at the premiere to talk to Tom Hanks and then you didn't get the chance? Yeah, that was the one thing I was there for, to talk to Tom Hanks and didn't get to chat to him. So mm. disappointing. Well, we but, knew we had you locked in for today, Austin, so exactly. we didn't want to take up more of your time on Saturday night. I'll yeah. try to make up for him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, maybe we can just get some dirt on him because, you know, he seems like such a nice guy and everyone, you know, he's, the, he's America's dad or whatever. I mean, God, there's got to be something bad we can talk. I mean, he got COVID and he became even more famous for having, he was the first celebrity in the world to get coronavirus. Like, there's nothing he can't do. Yeah. What can't he do? He's <laughs> just a legend. He's, uh, yeah, he's my hero. It was, it was, we had the greatest time getting to do this together. Well, I guess with this, it's it's sort of giving what I've been wanting and what have other, a lot of uh, movie pundits and critics and fans are like have wanted for so long seeing him in a bit more of a uh, a villainous role so I guess someone like you, you you know you've been acting for a long time and you know he's one of the most famous actors you know I think ever Tom Hanks and how does that play off on set when he's playing a role that pretty much he's never had to play off against and you've got to play someone so iconic against that the interesting thing for us was that we because of COVID we we weren't in the same hair and makeup room as mm. you usually would be so we were separated until the moment that we came on stage or, or, or onto the set. And so uh, most of the days, besides the fact that we had Thanksgiving dinner together and that sort of thing, you know, we, we had certain times off set that we would hang out. But when we were on set, we would walk on and he would be Colonel Parker and I would be Elvis. <laughs> and th- and that's, that was the experience that we had. So 
it allowed for more uh and and the fact of their relationship is it was a very complex relationship mm. where there was there was a lot of paternal quality you know uh, where he he filled this void uh, at a time in Elvis's life when when Elvis's mom passes away he he also Elvis never forgot what Colonel did for him in the beginning and so he's he's loyal to him in the way that he would be to a family member and so so there's a lot of complexity mm. uh, but then there are the moments where you know, Colonel didn't have an artistic bone in his body. And so the things that Elvis cared about, he cared about in a different way and, and, and all of that. So, so all of that complexity just was part of the relationship that we then would have on set. But Tom's a legend and, and such a master. So it was really cool. You do it like a transformation between the two, and I guess it's it's a treat for you as an actor to not see each other until you're, you know, especially Tom fully made up and got the prosthetics on and all that sort of thing. At what point do you, you know, you're playing someone so iconic like Elvis, at what point do you, getting to wake up and, and live it for so long, did you feel like you truly got as close as you could possibly be? Like when you got, this is as, as much of a transformation as I could make. I think for me, somewhere in that, the scene where you're filming the Christmas special, and I don't want to say it was just something as simple as wearing the leather suits and, and the way the hair was done up, but I just I just looked at you and I thought, holy shit, he's actually become Elvis. And, you know, there were so many other great moments like that in the movie. What was what was it for you trying to perform that, that, that you thought, oh, this is as close as I think I'm ever going to get. I, I truly I truly feel it that that really was the pivotal moment for me because that was us doing 68 special was that was the first performance that we did mm-hmm. and it was uh, our second day of filming the, the movie. wow before that i filmed a scene that was was kind of one of those scenes that wasn't super complicated uh so now suddenly here's a moment that i'm walking out doing one of the most iconic performances of all time and uh and all that year and a half that I had beforehand is suddenly leading to this moment. There's an incredible amount of pressure and fear that you feel before walking out on stage in, in a moment like that. Yeah. And I was in the dressing room beforehand. I just felt my hands shaking and felt absolutely terrified because of the responsibility that I felt. Um, and I felt like my career was on the line. I felt like this film was on the line, but that's what Elvis was experiencing. Mm his career was on the line. And so I could rest in that. And when I walked out on stage, I just channeled it into the music and into affecting the audience. And there was a moment where I looked down and I saw genuine emotion in the audience. This girl blushing, this another girl laughing, a guy getting excited about the rock and roll. And I look down and I see the leather on my arms and the rings on my fingers and the exact period microphone in my hands and the stage that's identical to the one that he was on. And and there's never been a moment from the moment that Elvis did that, that somebody, that another human has felt closer, I believe. So it was like this out-of-body experience because of all the work that everybody had put into making that as as identical as possible. And so I'm looking out and it felt like I was looking out through his eyes. It was, it was so wild for me. I didn't know that it was going to feel that way. And uh, that, that shifted my whole feeling towards the rest of the film. 
Well, I think someone, uh, myself, I'm a couple of years older than you, but I grew up listening to Elvis because of my parents. And so I've experienced him that way, but then I've got the stories and the love from, you know, the next generation above. And I can only imagine that everyone across the board going to watch this movie is going to think the same thing. And uh, without trying to sound like I'm marking out to you because I am talking to you, uh, you were excellent in the film and you should be very proud of yourself. And uh, I think there's that moment at the end, uh, Elvis talks about his own legacy and, you know, this might be yours as well. And it's arguably the defining Elvis, you know, picture and bio pick so uh be very proud of yourself and your performance and of the film and uh congratulations on everything thank you so much it's nice talking to you today you too mate and go and enjoy uh, your lunch and if you get a nap again in eight days enjoy that <laughs> yeah. one too <laughs> yeah i will thank you <laughs> thanks austin thanks so much mate see, ya. see you guys the ash lutzy and Susie o'neill podcast <laughs> i think he said whiteman park is a hoot <laughs> Come to EnviroFest 2024, learn about Whiteman Park's birds and discover ways to improve your sustainability with hands-on workshops and demonstrations. Plus, there'll be market stalls, food trucks and heaps of kids' activities. EnviroFest 2024 at Whiteman Park on March 23 from 10 till 3. You'd be wise to go to whitemanpark.com.au.